I try to surround myself with people who are the pros and have the data. But like John, I was I'm like, dude, you guys keep buying. Like, what, what, like, what are y'all like? Where are y'all doing? And he was just like, dude, we just have so much data and like the markets we're already in. Wow. So like, we just we have figured out like the exact type of property that works like for our markets there you go that's what it is and that's what same with you it's figuring same out thing. the exact type of property that works within your market welcome to the short-term rental pros podcast knowledge experiences and actionable takeaways from those who are killing it with short-term rentals here's your host jeremy warden we are live with the short-term rental pros podcast from Joshua Tree, California. We are with Patrick today. He has shown us all around to a bunch of the properties he either owns or that he manages. And it's been a lot of fun. So first of all, thank you for not only hopping on the pod, but for today, man. I mean, I saw some crazy stuff that we're gonna we're gonna talk about, but Patrick is doing it right. He is the properties like the one we're at right now, he is setting up to succeed in 2023. Patrick, for those he's been on before, but I'll let him introduce himself and then we'll get into, you know, what exactly Patrick is doing to make his property stand out, as well as how he leverages other people's property to build cash flow. Wow. Jeremy, that is like quite an introduction, man. Thank you so much for be being here, man. Uh, this is and guys, forgive me, you guys listening, we are literally sitting <laughs> on boulders. On boulders, yeah. It's kind of wild. So Jeremy, two nights ago, uh, I believe two nights ago, uh, randomly just hit me up and said, hey man, why don't we just do like a podcast like on a Boulder property? And I was like, well, I think I have this one that'd be perfect for this. And we're sitting here at a four, four bedroom property. We're gonna turn into a five bedroom property. That he's under contract on. Yeah, so technically right. we, are, we are doing <laughs> diligence right now. Due diligence. And right. this is really part of the diligence process. You really <laughs> yeah. need to see how the podcast situation <laughs> right, right, right. is. And yeah, no, this is this. If I can film podcasts here, then I know that it's a good property. So it's due diligence. So if the agents listening to this right now, uh, just know, like I am, you know, I'm here to test some things out like audio. Right. And sunsets. So Patrick, um, prior to this particular property, <laughs> how have you like, what's your portfolio look like? Where, where, you know, I know we did another episode uh, back in the back, probably about a couple months ago. So you guys want to check mm -hmm. that out after for those who maybe haven't listened to that one. Yeah, tell us about yourself, man. What, what's, yeah. what's up with you? A quick, a quick rundown. I mean, I'm a 27-year-old short-term rental investor. I have seven properties uh, in the Joshua Tree area. And then I have four, or 35 management clients under contract right now. And so we manage a bunch of Airbnbs out here in Joshua Tree. And, and honestly, I scaled pretty quickly. I scaled. I come from a tech background and, you know, really really quite quite fast and, and i teach other people to do it i have this thing called str nation that's uh, a community conference. of short-term yeah. rental investors where and we do events and then conference yeah. so it was you a know, fun conference really fun conference. jeremy was one of the speakers one of my there, favorite favorite conferences uh just in terms of like fun yeah food. absolutely absolutely and so you know I, I'm really happy to be here. Am I the first time, second time guest, first person? I think you may have been one of the first guests. Uh, I'm not sure what number you you were, but just for some like context, Greg, yeah. uh, he's unique in the sense where, well, for many reasons, uh, very, very special human <laughs> Hopefully being. good reasons. Good reasons. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he essentially found uh, a co-hosting business to acquire uh, a couple of years ago and has really grown a portfolio through like seller-financed, Mm -hmm. uh, co-host companies, which, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a interesting approach. And he's taught me a lot about, 
what that entails, like SBA, like you can get an SBA loan to acquire what, what that is, or Patrick, what isn't like, actually, let's, let's break this down. So tell us about the first co-host company you acquired and like how that financing worked. Yeah. So the first company I acquired was almost by accident. Uh, the, the owners uh, were getting a little bit tired with, you know, they had a new baby. They had a lot of stuff going on. They really didn't want to continue operating their property management company. They had 14 properties. And they came to me and I had six time that I owned. And I decided, well, they decided, okay, well, they didn't know how to sell it and we didn't know how to buy it. So we just kind of winged it. And we decided to do seller financing. I put 50% down. And uh, the second 50% depends on how many of those clients actually stay with uh, the management company for the first year. So let's say that, you know, half of them leave, then we pay them less. So that's kind of how you protect yourself on the back end from as a like buyer. Churn. Yeah, and churn. also from like the owner maybe like taking the clients to Take, like their well, next their non-competes, next... right? Yeah, so that, I guess non-competes. that's why that is. But but there's there's a lot of ways to do it. But the first time around, I definitely made a lot of mistakes. I learned a lot. Uh, currently, I'm actually a number. I'm pretty much a number three right now. Actually, if you consider the contract buyout, I'm doing a contract buyout on a company uh, right now, and then I'm an escrow with an SBA loan for my third company uh, that I'm acquiring. So pretty crazy, you know, and, but- mean, And meanwhile, you know, he's been buying properties and not just, you know, buying turnkey properties, uh, you know, cookie cutter, mm. dilapidated, distressed right. properties, right. turning them from POSs into insanely unique experiences. And that's what, I mean, I've known Patrick, I've never been to Patrick's like properties before. I've seen him post about them. And, you know, I've heard him talk about them, but really today has been like eye opening because frankly, like a lot of people, uh, you know, talk about 2023. Oh, our properties aren't making as much right. as they used to. Like we're not buying an X, Y or Z location. And like, frankly, Joshua Tree is like one of those places where people were going like pedal to the metal, like full tilt yes. two years ago. And then they stopped mm-hmm. and Patrick's still doing it. Uh, right, he's, right. you know, literally the property we're at right now. And, you know, so I kind of like ask him like what, what, like what gives you confidence in, in properties nowadays? And, you know, he talks about, oh, you know, they need to be unique and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then today I've seen it firsthand. Like yeah. they're not, they're not BSing like, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I think one of the specific things that you look for in properties is bolters. <laughs> <laughs> like, Seems like a common threat. Thr- yeah. yeah. I, we go to the properties um, and I'm like, all right, the new ones, yeah, they all there's got another boulder. <laughs> there's some big rocks there. What yep, they yep. do, which is really, really cool is like, they'll build decks, mm-hmm. like kind of like into the boulders yeah. or, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you don't build the boulders into the you, decks. You don't. You, yeah. The boulders are there and you're going to build into the, yeah, so, and it's funny. Cause like sometimes there's like boulders and we'll like, cut the wood around the boulder and like just let it be part of the deck and it's this cool unique feeling uh and our properties crush it like compared to the competition uh not just buying the right location uh which is you know people come out here to just be away from everything like it's so freaking peaceful out here it is we can't, you know? I can't hear a damn thing other except than, for ourselves other than our <laughs> they can probably hear us two miles away and they probably can sound travels really far in a desert but the desert is a beautiful place as you can tell there's a beautiful sunset happening right now and, excited um, for that sunset today. Oh, 100% <laughs> excited about for that sunset. It's a special moment, honestly. And I think, you know, I, I hope that, you know, we remember this for, for forever, you know. That's, that's, the big, that's the big trend. We want to create forever properties, forever friendships, whatever it is. Like, 
the forever, the long goal is like what, what we're really striving for these days. You're not in it for a good time. You're in it for a long time. And exactly. These, and these and that requires commitment. So like when you take down a property, you got to make sure that you're committing to the process. You, uh, you know, make sure that you understand what you know and like you don't buy things that might be like the shiny object, right? Like you want to go with the thing, tried and true thing that works. And I think what's cool, so so just like correct me if I am mistaken, yeah. but so you own uh, and, you know, you have business partners, you've raised money right, for right. investors, seven properties. Right. You manage, I don't know, at this point, like 30 more, but that right. number is increasing as you, yes. you know, when you close on, on new co-host companies. Mm -hmm. So based the fact that you have like so much, like you have yours, but you also have the data on like 30 others that you manage. Right that really kind of gives you the inside scoop on what works. Yes, and that's actually a really good point. I think what, what and I think you do this as well, which is understanding what, when you manage in a market, buying in that same market has a lot of advantages, right? Because not only do you have all of the contractors, vendors, everything for that specific segment of the market, but you also have, which you can use across your portfolio, right? And it makes it easier when you buy. But you also have, like you said, the real data set. The only other data set that people use is AirDNA or some of these other third-party providers. And we all know that those third-party providers are not always 100% accurate. I've seen deviations upwards of 20, 30% easy. Yeah, and even as the co-founder of one of the tools that folk use to yes. you know, BNB Calc, which BNB Calc uses, uses third-party yes. data providers, BNB Calc doesn't create the data ourselves. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely is, you know, yeah, every, every number online has context to it. Yeah. Uh, there is like a process that created that number mm -hmm. and you you're it's hard for you to like completely reverse engineer that number unless right. it's your property or it's someone yes. whose property you know right or right. it's someone's property who you manage yes one of the fun things i like doing for people that are going to a market and don't want to or don't want to like make an investment just on the data that's like maybe 30 percent off 20 percent off um just talk to some of the property managers that are in the area and act as if, I mean, I don't know if this is bad advice, but act as if you want to uh, work with them. Like you want to buy a house. Yes. I actually, I actually did that. Uh, and then you understand like what works, what doesn't, they can tell you everything. And I do that for people and then they never work with me. Yeah. So I, I've had that happen and, and you know, fair, fair game to them. Like we're all in the business. I'm in a business sharing knowledge. I don't mind. So well, yeah. then when you're right and they come back and be like, damn, he was he gave me a lot of value. And sometimes they come back. He was right. And you know what? Actually, managing properties in it's the middle of the desert is a lot of work. work. If you only got one it's property. Trap. It's a trap, Jeremy. I get them to think that's self-managing easy and then come back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just to be just, just to kidding. be completely frank. So like yeah. I have a property management business, you know, Patrick does as well. And mine is in like a rural location. This is a rural location as yes. well yes. where service providers are limited. So it's like my value prop to an owner is, you know, I have scale here. Like people will come to the property and they'll take care of crap. And like, if you call them yourself, they probably won't come, <laughs> you yeah. know, like they just yeah. won't like they have, you know, they don't want like, you know, they have something else they need to do. Mm -hmm. So when you have scale, you have leverage with your local service providers yes. and a lot of folk. And I think we were referencing like one of your clients earlier who bought and initially like thought about self-managing and then they're mm -hmm. off in Australia. Yeah. And yep. now they're like, you know, they don't want to be they're 12 hours off, you know, this other yep. side of the world. Now, yep. when like an issue arises. Exactly. How, how are they going to get someone to come out to the property? 100 percent. And self-managing. I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to probably hate on this and say self-managing is 
the best way to go. And for some people, it is, right? Some people have the time, energy, whatever. Well, I'd say if you're in a city, too. If you're in a city, it's it's a lot easier. You can just go on Thumbtack, get someone there in five minutes. Yeah, and there's so many vendors right here. You're strapped. So, like, people lose. I I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said, like, I've lost fifty to $100,000 because I had bent contractors or I had whatever. And it's a lot of headache with it, but also a lot of money lost. And so, like, if you would have just hired a, you know, property management company like us, like, we have contractors that we offer to our clients yeah. to use for the projects that they need to get done. Yeah. You have contractors. You also have like, I mean, in 2023, People, interior design is like yes. super important. Yes. So you guys What did you think about the interior design of the places we've seen? It was, it was good. It was good. I'll have to give um, uh, a shout out shout to, to Nicolette. To Nicolette. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I met her at your conference yep. and, you know, I heard she did these things, but mm-hmm. now seeing them myself, she's, she's, uh, she's, and I like how you, one thing that, uh, She's had some like ideas that probably weren't like the textbook, you know, textbook uh, Joshua Tree designs, but you've you ran with it. Uh, you just let I her do her, her thing. Realm. I think that's the thing that's scary for a lot of investors. They they want to see an ROI on something or whatever. And like, what's hard. the ROI on, yeah, a, a, on mushroom, a mushroom? A mushroom room. room. I can't tell you what the ROI in a mushroom. All right, we're gonna have to like <laughs> just go through the list of the properties we've seen today because they're crazy. So I'll start with, I'll start with the first one. Yeah. So this is a property uh, that. You you bought a like five acre lot yep. where you have one existing property yes. and you are going to build an additional. So you're subdividing right. the lot to build a second property on on it. The first property boulders, mm-hmm. elevated deck, yep. pool built into the deck, hot yep. tub built into the deck, yep. outdoor shower built into a boulder. Yeah, which I was so confused <laughs> by that. I was like trying to reverse engineer because literally he had the pipes. For the outdoor shower, they went into even, they it, were inside, but it, it looked really, like they were inside. Like, yeah. I was like, "There's no way." There's no way. Yeah. I was like, "This is impossible." Like, this yeah. you didn't use like Elon Musk like boring company <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. build like a tunnel yeah, yeah, yeah. underneath <laughs> this boulder to like come. There's no way. Yeah. So what they did it was it's like a the, trick, man. You don't have to give away all my yeah, stupid. yeah. I can't. I'm not. Okay, I'm I was like, damn, that was cool. Ten minutes. If I was a guest, I would have spent 15, 20 minutes there just looking at this, being like, "How the hell did they do?" And it's heated too, so it also has the hot water. I digress. So that was first property. Super cool. Then we went to a couple of the ones you manage, like, you yep. know, massive six-bedroom houses, pickleball yep. Yep. courts. Basketball, full-court basketball courts, you know, just sauna, everything. I mean, these... Amenities these homes, galore. Uh, amenity, we focus on outdoor amenities, great design. And honestly, like, I tell people all the time, like, I'm in the NBA right now. Like, being in Joshua Tree is super competitive, and I got to stand out, and I'm okay with that. I'd rather go to a market where I know that the the lead flow of people and the traffic is going to be there. So I just got to capture that attention as opposed to being in a market where I have to worry about if somebody even wants a vacation there, you know? So like, I know 3 million people are going through Joshua Tree. It's just a matter of fact is, am I going to get that booking? Or is my neighbor going to get that booking? And so that's why I try to create the most optimal experience for my guest avatar. So I don't have to worry about that. Right. Yeah. Whereas I'm, you know, kind of my, There's- one of my new strategies has been like, build buying a property where people don't really go vacation there yep. but then they see the yep. house and they're just like damn we gotta that go there that becomes the destination yeah right? they're like alright there's yep. enough things going on here yep. that we can we could totally go here for like mm-hmm. a weekend trip or you know in the summer we'll go here for a week Yeah. but that being said a place like Joshua Tree or mm-hmm. you know the Gatlinburgs yep. the Scottsdales yep. like you know people are gonna come but you've gotta just like mm-hmm. like amenities like I would say and it's like Patrick said this I think this is an interesting point he said, you know, there's check, there's check mark amenities. Yes. And then there's like, uh, there's wow factor amenities. Wow factors. So, so here's, here's the way I like to look at it. So this is what I've learned, um, is that when people ask about like what amenities are going to get the ho- highest ROI and, and I don't know about ROI, it's like hard to really gauge that. 
Um, but what I can say is that there are certain amenities that will check, will, will be with the filtration system. So like, so Airbnb, for example, has a filter system that has like people go in there. If there's a lot of options in highly competitive markets like this, they'll start clicking, um, clicking, clicking. They, yeah. They yeah. see, oh, like 2,000 2, houses left. All right. Well, I can, I guess I can afford a pool, you know, yeah, because pool, hot, like, tub, hot tub, yeah, fire, like, pit. fire pit. And so they just like keep going, going and like filtering more and more. So like, then they're like, oh, so like, yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> you, that, go from, that, like you go from like 600 to like 30. Yes. You know? Yes. But like pickleball is one of those things where you don't get a check mark for it. So like, why do it? So it's funny because the, the homes that are, that don't succeed are the ones that are like, it's funny. They have this really cool amenity. It's not, that's a wild factor amenity, but they don't have like a hot tub or pool. They miss on They miss those the two that you box. need. Yeah, yeah. So when you don't have those two. You don't even, you're not even competing. Once they filter out, you're out. And then the moment, then it becomes, and I'd rather be. And guys, pools don't in. need to be a real big pool. Be big. That was also another, God, I learned a lot today. <laughs> a pool, a pool check mark can literally be a cast iron tub. That was uh, a cowboy pool. A cowboy pool yeah, yeah, where yeah. they have a little bit of like, you know, water filtration. filtration. It's like 600 like, bucks. Like. Yeah, you just fill it, you know, take a couple, take <laughs> yeah. a couple like uh, cups of water, pour it in yeah, there. Yeah. Pool, check. Yeah, and you do the check mark and then it's it they don't complain. That. Guys don't complain. Guys it, don't complain. It, it's a pool. Like. It's a pool. So I think that like people don't realize that sometimes it, it's that easy to really, you know, the check mark amenities are really important. But then so people don't focus too much on the check mark amenities. They focus on like, oh my God, like, it's a pool, like I need to spend $80,000 for a pool. You don't necessarily have to, but when it comes down to the, like when it comes down to the filter, it doesn't matter if it's an $80,000 pool or a $1,000 pool. You know, it's like the same thing. But then when, once the pictures come up and they're making decisions, yeah, well, that's when you have to like well, if you have a big sell group, them on something else. If you, you know? have a big group of like 16 people, you're not going to look at a cowboy pool and like book Probably, it. But yeah. if you're like one, two, you know, two couples, right? that's perfect. Yes, 100%. So uh, it really depends. And it, it depends on the area. But at the end of the day, uh, you got to invest and you got to build a, uh, a property that's going to outlast the competition for the long run. And you're probably going to have to continue to innovate. and and, and that's just a part of it. But a lot of times also people say, well, Joshua Tree, like, isn't it a super competitive market? And I will say that Joshua Tree is, it is competitive, but I think the more that the houses get elevated, what's happening right now is the middle, just middle of the crown is just getting pushed out. Just... So it's similar to like Cole or Sears, you know, like Sears is going bankrupt in so many places because they're middle of the crowd. You don't want to be middle of the crowd. You want to be either like experiential, like great, or you want to be priced well. So the people that are coming in new, like you want to be more in the luxury, right? You want to get into the luxury field. Uh, and that's kind of what, why, why I kind of go towards that way. But what people think is that that's a bad thing. I think that's actually a really good thing, considering that the elevated, now that they're squeezing out the elevated amount of properties are higher. So there's more people coming to Joshua Street as a market because they know they're going to deliver at high it's going to deliver a high resulting property. I mean, some like of these houses were help. so cool. Yeah. And frankly, like, I'm going to be honest. So, yeah. uh, I'm staying at a house that I also stayed at last year. Mm -hmm. I have cousins in California. So, we do our, like, the reason I'm here as much as, you know, I would totally fly <laughs> to California yeah. to hang out with Patrick for the day. Uh, but my, my family, we do, like, a family reunion in Joshua Tree. Yeah once a year the week before Christmas. Right. So this is the third year doing this now and we've stayed in the same house this year and last year. And what we've realized is like the house from, that was honestly like everything was like perfect last year. Like right. perfect, like every, every amenity, like every little thing. Right. The house was like pristine, clean, perfect. 
it's not this year. And honestly, I look at it, I'm like, all right, this house, like, yeah, sure. It has the heated pool. Like yeah. it has the putt putt, yeah. but it doesn't have, it's like in a gated community and you know, it's just like a backyard. Yeah. You know, it's that's not, different, you know? it's not that unique. Right. You right. know, like you can't see the mountains from mm -hmm. it. You can't, there's no, there's no boulders, <laughs> you know, right. like it's not. And I would be like, this is probably considered one of like, you know, yes, it does technically have like the putt putt. It technically has the heated pool, it has mm. the hot tub, it has the ping pong. Like, it has kind of the all the, the check check lines, checks. Right. But right. there's probably a million houses that are yeah. literally just, just like this, right. and it does the design is is not like very not out good. there. It's right. I mean, it's like probably it's four decent. years ago. It was like yeah. oh, you know, probably pretty good four years. Good, ago. yeah, like good yeah. enough, like sturdy furniture. Mm -hmm. But there isn't like any color. Mm. There's nothing like that really stands out. What they actually did from between this year and last year is they had a kind of a game room mm -hmm. that just all it did was had a foosball table in it. So it was oh kind of my pointless. God. Like it didn't, uh, but they actually walled so it off and made room. it another bedroom. Okay. So what they're trying to do is they're a seven bedroom house. Oh, got it. So that's that was probably their way of mm. you know all right guys we got to do something here. Right, this house right. isn't as doing as well as we needed to right, do. Right. What can we do? Add a bedroom. Add another bedroom. And people think that adding the bedroom is the best thing to do. And sometimes, like, we'll have the space for an extra bedroom, but we think, like, you know what? Maybe let's just make it into a game room because I know that's going to be a lot better than making or a theater. You know, that's going to be a lot better than just making into a you know standalone kind of kind of like bedroom because like you got to know your market. Like I know my market. There's no difference between well, not no difference, but very low revenue difference between a two bedroom and a three bedroom. So I know that adding that third bedroom really doesn't make sense in a lot of cases. So. You know, things like that. You got to understand your market. You got to see like what's, what's on AirDNA, what's on like BB Calc and things like that. Yeah. So it's big thing. Yeah. So know, knowing your market, yeah. having the data set, like I talked to John Bianchi, the Airbnb mm, data guy. Who, I love John. And I was like, what are you, because they keep buying too. And I'm like, I mean, you know, I try to surround myself with the pros who are, you know, have the data in different markets. I've got the data in my markets. I work with people. So by working with them, you know, whether on like a mentorship level, I can see what what's yeah. going on when they get properties. Mm -hmm. I can also help them like, hey, I think this strategy is like, you know, there's not a lot of data, but I think it has legs. And then if it does have legs, I'm like, damn, all right, that worked here. Maybe there that works go. somewhere else, you know? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I try to surround myself with people who are the pros and have the yeah. data. But like John, I was I'm like, dude, you guys keep buying. Like, what, what, like, what are y'all, like, where are y'all doing? And he was just like, dude, we just have so much data and like the markets we're already in. Wow. So like, we just, we have figured out like the exact type of property mm -hmm. that works like for our markets. There you go. That's what it is. And that's what same with you. It's figuring same out thing. the exact type of property that works within your market. You know, what's really funny. Uh, I've talked to John Bianchi and I've also talked to Ryan and, or not Ryan, uh, Kenny Bedwell. And both of those guys are like the data guys, right? Like that, they know data in and out. They're really smart. Uh, and you know, they're right in a lot of ways when they collect data, but what's funny is they both avoid Joshua Tree like the plague according to the numbers. Like the numbers don't make sense. When you look at a whole market overview of Joshua Tree, it doesn't make sense to enter in as a new property. And it's just a lot harder. And, and I agree with well, them. Also, also, it's probably a pain in the butt because, again, the contractor issues. Yes, yes. Like entering a new market, like for them, they need to buy like 40, 50. Oh, yeah. Or not Kenny, but for like Bianchi. Bianchi with Tuck Foster. They yeah. need to buy a lot of properties right, for it right. to be like worth their while. For them going right, to right. a market, they're like, all right, we're, we're sending it. We need to make right. sure we build the infrastructure. Agreed. And I think they've been scared of Joshua Tree. Uh, they, I, John, they have if you're been. listening, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to. Well, I don't call think you they've been here. really scared as much as like they just don't, don't understand the nuances. And like, I think he uses a lot of the, the properties that I, 
I have, uh, and there's probably going to be a case study that, a few case studies that, you know, show that, you know, data is not always 100% accurate. When you look at a market level, it has to be a little more specific. And, and that's why analysis, I love the data stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan. I think you should always be data informed. But there's a point where you get analysis paralysis, you know, like sometimes you just got to understand like what local people are doing and just like replicate that. Yeah. And I, and I would yeah. say that the thing that people did a couple of years ago was they were like, oh, if you buy in this market and, yeah. you know, you have four bedroom that sleeps this amount of people yeah. and you have a hot tub and a fire pit, like right. bang, you'll make money. Yeah. And like it's became like a lot more specific than that. You know, like, I so, agree. so like each people like are like, oh, I don't, you know, is this property versus this property? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know which one. And like, you're going to have more confidence to be like, oh yeah, this one, I just, for, yes. for X, Y, and Z reason, I just know, like, I can't even like, Airdna is not going to tell me this. Yeah. Then, even... then sometimes owners are like, oh, like, where's the, the proof? And like, you know, Airdna is not going to say it, but it's, I showed them my properties. I showed them literally the calendar. I'm like, look, $14,000 on this two bedroom all in $500,000 on this two bedroom. Like there's a reason that- Well, hundred grand a year, 14,000 in a month or something. Yes, yes, Just yes, like yes, you yes. said $14,000. So that's not, that's not, uh, per, that's in not one, mislead. In, in one month, but uh, that one's gonna do 140. But that's oh, like, wow. that's like, that's a very uh, different use case where there's like not a lot of properties can do that. But but there but there are trends where you can understand those nuances and what works and what doesn't by, by seeing all that. Right? Yeah, and also, so. and, then, and we're gonna, you know, so we've got the the buying and, and, and something that you've done mm. when you find these properties, you get them under contract and then you go out and raise capital. Yes. So walk us yes. through how does that how does that process yeah, work? Yeah. So and he's not buying all these with his own money. Yeah. So, yeah. so so most most times, uh, I'll be honest, like uh, jo- my business partner Josh is my capital partner in a lot of these deals. Recently, I've been making a lot more money, so like I've been you know pulling my weight and having half and half with him, or paying him back for the previous properties or whatever the case may be. But to get started, I was I was leveraging his capital a lot, and like him and I will will raise money with partners. Like we'll get partners on deals, uh, like the one that I have back there. I don't have the money to really take this down. This is such a cool property, guys. Like this (laughs) is an insanely cool property. And this, again, this is not one that AirDNA is going to say anything. It's not going to say anything about about it making what it makes. I think once it's done, like we, once it's done, like I believe it can make like 300,000. It could potentially 250, 300. And this podcast won't give you full justice. (laughs) And it's not fully done anyways. We're going to have to renovate it. But I need any cash to buy it. So if anybody's interested in partnering, I think that's really cool. Partnering with an industry expert that understands it already. And then being able to have a part of something really special. So it's kind of the best bet. So Yeah, so anyone listening who's looking to <laughs> do your passive or learn, you know, yeah. learn yeah. this process and learn through someone who's done it, you know, time and time again. Right. Patrick's DMs are wide open. <laughs> or they're open. They're not too they're not yeah, wide too open. open. Let's, not let's that open. Be a little, <laughs> little exclusive here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got the properties that mm. like this one that you're currently under contract for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got the property management business, mm. uh, the one that you bought, then you scaled, yeah. uh, and now you're also buying additional ones. I yeah, guess yeah. what's your outlook and vision for the future? My so really, I think for the future of Airbnb per se, I think that Airbnb uh, or just in ju- short-term rentals in general have had. Like I used to work in Airbnb in 2019 or short-term rentals 2019. Yeah, we didn't we didn't give your full background. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. You, you found out about Airbnb yeah, yeah, yeah. by just by getting hired. For a company, yeah, and then they went through some shit. Yeah, yeah. You got COVID, and I got laid off. He got fired, yes. but yeah. he like he still had seen yeah. it. Like he'd caught the bug. Yeah. So yeah. I understood like what I understood how they were scaling what they were doing, and I saw. But one of the one of the biggest things when I was there is like the problems that were happening then were like 
now we have like the PMS systems are like affordable and really easy to use. Back then it was a lot harder to use. So, well not even back then, it's just like 2018, 2019, it was, or it's just not as profound as it is now. And then now- hey, when I started, I didn't even, I didn't even, I, I tried one of the PMSs and I was like, I don't get what's going on here, whatever, yeah. I'm just gonna, I only had like, first one property yeah, one, so it wasn't yeah. an issue I'm right, like, right, i'll right, just right. log into verbo i'll log into airbnb yeah, yeah, yeah. not a big deal right, like right, one right. message a day like yeah that. that's totally then fine when you get in 25 you're like you all right you're like, yeah, okay. it's, it's sustainable <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah but like the thing is like what i was trying to get at for the future outlook is like the tech grew so fast and like the people that didn't keep up with it um like for example me i spoke at a local san diego meetup there's around 100 people there maybe 110 and 30, 30% of that room didn't know what Price Labs was. And their hosts. And their hosts in oh, San wow. Diego. So uh, that kind of, and there's a lot of older people there, but that made me realize that some people don't sometimes forget about what really, you know, like they, they don't keep up with the technology and so they can't compete. So it's like making sure that you just keep up with the technology. Right now, a big trend is AI. So keep up with it a little bit, you know, implement AI into your systems. Make sure that- How does one know, implement AI into their systems? <laughs> Well, like, the, the, you know, it's kind of hard to, to really grasp 100%. I've got to have a host AI who's at your conference. Uh, host AI, exactly. Cole. Cole. Have Cole on the podcast. So Cole, so it. Cole actually got into Y Combinator. Yeah, yeah. He's heard, going to San Francisco. Really smart guy. I like him a lot. He actually has Joshua Tree Properties. That's oh, his, really? That's his market. Oh, yeah. So he's got, two, I think. He Maybe. actually just sold, 24 years old, just sold uh, wow. his recent one that set the record for the highest priced home sold, I think, for a four bedroom. He had a four bedroom with a pool and a pickleball, like new build, like amazing. Like the top finishes everything. Uh, he, he did a really good job. I mean, he does new builds all the time. And, and you know, that, you know, he does AI basically. And so like, he's like one of those people that you should talk to. Well, he, um, yeah, he, 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 he showed me. So like, for example, what his software does or one of the use cases is let's say that you have a guest who like requests a late checkout. It'll send an automated like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger message or whatever you use to talk to your cleaners. And it'll send them a message saying, hey, heads up, mm -hmm. like so-and-so guest just requested a late checkout. Can you confirm or not that like mm -hmm. you'll be able to accommodate this? Right. So then the cleaner can say, yes, like I can do that. And then it can come back mm -hmm. and accommodate the late checkout. Right. Or like you right. can create like rule sets based off of situations and automate them so you don't yes. have to like be texting. Or like guess like questions, right? Like eventually you have the same answer over and over again. The AI can respond for you in some ways. Or at least like what, what Cole does is like the AI allows you to uh, send you like, a, it does like a Slack integration and it sends to Slack where a VA can uh, approve it pretty much. Approve a booking approve, or appro something? Approve the message. Say, oh, oh that's okay. a good message. So it's yeah, like there's still a human element to Slack. it, but it's leveraging technology in a way. So like small things like that, like we're thinking about those things because we want to stay on top of the curb, like what's working. Another example of this is RankBreeze. Uh, you know, less people use RankBreeze, but I use RankBreeze to, uh, to see what the page, my book, my properties are at because that's important to me. Is RankBreeze like, it just tells you or does it actually help improve it? So it helps you improve it too. They have like a whole idea of like, for example, like, oh, like, uh, like these are the menus I think you should check to, to, you know, show up a little bit more with the search filter or whatever. The, like, this is where you are with page ranking. But like, for instance, when you drop, like, let's say you drop prices, at, like, well, let's say your prices are really high. And you're a page, you're page ten. You're not booking. Then you should probably lower price because that's going to jump you up to like page two, three. So, so like, um, are you definitely. telling? I actually don't use RankPreeze. Should you I don't? be using it? No, honestly, 
it's actually game changer. I'm not even. I'm not just saying that for everyone there. All right, right guys. See, it's <laughs> been super valuable for yeah. me, and you guys are. No, I, I don't think I could. I'm... Like, I use it every day. Like, I go in there and I look at the impressions. I'm seeing like, is it gonna convert? What is the conversion rate? Okay, if the conversion rate's low, uh, or do the, they just look at Airbnb or do they look at Verbo they, too? They just do Airbnb. I had uh, the CEO on my podcast, and he did mention a little sneak peek that might be other platforms also coming sometime uh so that's so something to look for but so far it's just how much is how much are they per for three property they have different uh tiers for three properties i think it's like 30 bucks and mm-hmm. then for 10 properties it might be like 60 70 i don't know exactly i'll no, definitely not, check it yeah, out that's not but it's not bad it's like very low now that we're at four like 30s so you do it for your clients properties too we do it for the client property do the clients and pay for it or do you we pay for it oh wow so it's that but valuable that he pays it's for it so on valuable so valuable jeremy i yeah but because at the end of the day, like for here's an example, right? Like it tells you like specific days, like these specific days we want to be able to like, it's not booking, right? So we kind of start looking at the price and we're like, okay, maybe should we lower the price? We go into Rank Breeze, we go on the property and we look, the price is well priced. And then we see that we're actually page one for those, those days. So we're like, okay, the booking's coming. And then, you know, like a the couple of days comes. later that the booking comes and it's like, we should have just like relaxed, you know, like no, no need to you know, if we drop prices that we could have lost like 10, 20%. Yeah, yeah. So it's like small so things chill. like that. It's all right, all right. Yeah. This is a vanity check. Exactly, exactly. Interesting. All right, so tangible tips uh, so far we've got, check out Rank Breeze and I'm yeah. going to take that. Yeah. It's also just like specific market expertise. Like right, right. if you're looking at a market, don't just ask, is this a good market? Talk to the property managers right, there. Right, right. And don't just talk to like the run of the mill, like lame, like old right, property right, managers. Right. Talk to like, the young, like the young, fresh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the ones who are using all the softwares and are employing all the best practices humanly right. possible. So whether that's, you know, Patrick here or I don't know, there's a bunch of different people in different places. You can hit me up wherever. Well, you don't, we don't need to know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a few places. You don't need to. Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever. You can, anyone can hit me up for whatever. I'm, I'm, uh, I like to chat, but okay. Uh, so other tangible tips that we've gone over cowboy pools uh that... make make your home super homes like super properties i know bill fake yeah. uh, coins that term but just like <laughs> you know uh, make your properties don't go just like the bare minimum like make them really incredible uh make them something that uh people are going to want to stay in for for a long time at least like four or five years you know like and uh and that also helps with your value when, when you sell not particularly from an appraisal standpoint most times but but from value from like a, uh, a seller, like they want to see like, hey, do you have your own listing for this property? Can I keep the reviews? Like things like that. So, you know, just make sure, sh- or amenities, right? Yeah. Like maybe they don't add to the appraisal value, but maybe they add to like, oh, well, this is going to make 100, 100, 120,000, like, and it's proven. So like, I want that, right? So that kind of thing is like, just make sure to keep that that part in mind. Awesome. And then just last question here, how does one go about buying a co-host business? I think I've asked you this before, but I'm curious. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of nuances uh, with the co-host business in general, but uh, we can kind of dive into this whole thing a little bit. So co-host businesses are really about relationships, right? You're buying a business. At the end of the day, these people don't want to uh, uh, basically work or they don't want to work with somebody they don't really like, know, or trust, right? This is like sales 101, but it's more so like- Even if they're selling a business too, yeah. this is, works both ways. A lot of times these people are just trying to, yeah, even if they're selling the business, like they, they don't want to just give it to anybody. They want to, you want to give it to somebody that can continue the legacy. So you come out in the car, you get out, you meet them, right? you shoot the shit with them, right, right. you show that, you know, what you're all about. 
yes. what your team is all about. 100%. But I think it takes time, like multiple conversations. Like we had a lunch date, you know, and we met up and then like entertained the idea of selling. Then we had a couple more dates and we went pickleball and then we, we just hanging out all the time. And it's like, now it's like, okay, we have a good relationship. Like, and I trust them and I can feel like this is going to work. Um, so I think a lot of times uh, it's, it's building that. And so building that is, there's other, that's the number one way is relationships and like your existing network. So I tell people, I tell everyone and their mothers that you're looking to buy a business and somebody might know um, that somebody that's looking to sell or potentially has a business. Be active on Facebook. Be active on Facebook. I'm like, hey, Jeremy. Patrick's a big Facebook guy. <laughs> big Facebook guy. So I, I go on there, I go into the groups and I ask, I straight up ask, like anybody selling their property management business? Anybody is kind of tired of it? And I get on conversations and kind of, you know, talk through it. But I think uh, if you don't have those relationships, I think the second best place is really about, you know, just, yeah, just doing a lot of those kind of factors, pretty much. Beautiful. Awesome. So today we've talked about not only buying property management businesses, yeah. getting super properties. Patrick, everyone stays, he shares a lot of stuff on Instagram. So even though I hadn't been to the properties before, I feel yeah. like I'd, I'd seen them and they're beautiful. So where can folk, folk uh, follow you? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's Patrick, P-A-T-R-Y-K underscore S-W-I-E-T-E-K. And Instagram, and then you can follow me, and I'm um, happy to answer any Adam questions. Adam on have. Facebook, big Facebook guy. Big Facebook guy, you know. Awesome. All right, Patrick. <laughs> thank, thank you, brother, so much, so much for, for having me, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for showing <laughs> me around. And check out these beautiful views while we're at it, okay? So, until next time. Yeah, we've got we've got sunset coming here, so we got uh, we've got we got some something we got to do special that I'll talk about on the next episode. But uh... awesome, cool. Take <laughs> awesome. care, guys. All right, until next time. Thanks for listening to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, leave us a five-star rating, like, comment, and share this with someone you know that wants to invest in short-term rentals.